One Week Season. One week season fam, La Familia, welcome back. Today is Tuesday, August 27th. Mike Johnson, M. Johnson 86, as I'm known in the DFS and Best Ball Streets, coming to you here with our Tuesday training session in our Best Ball Plus 2023 subscription. Uh, Of course, winding down with draft season, just a little over two weeks to go before the NFL season kicks off. Uh, Very excited, getting right in the heat of things. Uh, Things are winding down. Of course, these Tuesday training sessions, uh, my focus is on uh, non-underdog contests, drafters, and DraftKings. This week, I will be continuing uh, my deep dive into strategy around the drafters contests. If you've been uh, paying attention and listening, uh, you already know my feelings here. Drafters is the best place you can be putting your money right now. Without question, the best investment, the highest likely uh, return on your investment and place to be putting your time and energy right now if you are drafting best ball. Once again, we have our promo codes that you can use to benefit. If you have not played on Drafters yet, you can uh, use a first-time deposit bonus Code OWS, uh, when you deposit, it will 100% match your deposit up to $100. So if you put $100 on, you have $200 to play with. Uh, If you have played on there before, uh, code OWS Reload, uh, that is a 20% deposit match up to $100 bonus. Uh, So if you put $100 on, you would get $20 uh, all the way up to a $500 deposit would get you $100 in return. So, uh, again, uh, tons of value there. They weekly are doing uh, challenges that you can earn free tickets in addition. Uh, and the way things are looking, it, even with all of that, there is likely to be overlay uh, somewhere in the 20% range uh, by our recent most recent calculations. So, uh, I'm going to... Uh, keep my focus of these training sessions. I'm going to continue focusing on drafters uh, because that is the place to play right now. And we're going to get into some more strategies around how we can optimize for that contest. And here we go. So on drafters, I want to talk about unique early round combinations. Now, this is something that we talked about earlier this offseason on one of our training sessions talking about the leverage it would give you to uh, really go outside the box. Um, The example, one of the examples I had was uh, drafting uh, Derrick Henry first overall or Jalen Hurts first overall um, and having your first three picks trying to get them to be uh, Henry, Hurts, and Devontae Smith. The reason that that particular pairing made sense, or why I suggested it, was it could it would be so rare that those three would be on a team together. Specifically, Henry, I like the idea of 
his high explosive um, weekly potential and having him with that stack of Hertz and Smith, which was at the time was a very rare one uh, for people to get. It still is not uh, very common that those two are stacked together. Um, I'm digressing a bit here, but just to give you the idea of what those unique early round combinations, you know, the idea of it, if you haven't listened to that already, uh, you can go back through our past podcasts um, and listen. Relative to drafters, though, <clears throat> this strategy and this approach is more and more viable, in my opinion, the more I think about it. And the way I would look to execute this, I guess, uh, or look to um, implement a strategy such as this, would specifically be early on, um, the one that stands out to me is if you get Austin Eckler or Bijan Robinson, either of those players being the RB1 on the season uh, would not be shocking at all. Um, you know, their first round picks, obviously Eckler has, has done it before. Uh, Bijan, we know how, what his pedigree is, how talented he is, would not take a lot uh, if he just overtakes that backfield and Desmond Ritter is good. Either of those guys could be the RB1 and it wouldn't surprise anyone. We know this. Now, where it comes into play on drafters, we've talked about positional silos. And um, essentially, if you have a player that, that dominates and has uh, an elite season, they can kind of run away um, you know, their, their production at one position. But the interesting thing at some of these positions is how relatively few people uh, or players have the potential to have that type of season. So where those two generally go, Eckler and Robinson, is the second half of the first round. That's when you're going through a draft, then uh, you look at where the top quarterbacks go. Their average draft positions generally speaking, are right around the 2-3 turn. So you have uh, Josh Allen, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. All of them have average draft positions on drafters in that range that um, right around the 2-3 turn. So because of that, what you end up with is a relatively low likelihood that any of those guys, those quarterbacks, are going to be available in the late third round. So if you have a spot in that 7 to 12 range where you're taking Eckler or Robinson, it's very unlikely you're going to end up with one of these top quarterbacks because nobody's taking them, or very rarely are people taking them early in the second round. If they are taking them, one of them early in the second round, it's to pair them with a pass catcher. So when Jalen Hurts goes early second round, he is being taken there specifically with the idea, usually, to pair him with A.J. Brown. When Josh Allen goes in the second round, um, it's because somebody's reaching up uh, to pair him with Stephon Diggs. 
Um, same with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, his average draft position is uh, right around that 2-3 turn. Um, let's see, what is it right now? Average draft position of 22.7. So yeah, basically right at the 2-3 turn. Um, he, when he's taken earlier than that, usually it's people want to pair him with Kelsey. So because of that, when you think of the positional silos, again, I'm looking at ways where we can have unique early round combinations and it's a parlay of sorts. So the first leg is Eckler or Bijan is going to finish as the RB1. The second leg of that is Hertz or Mahomes, you know, or even Josh Allen is going to be the QB1. We know with those positional silos, what I've talked about, if they have the top season at the position, perhaps by a wide margin, you have an advantage on the field. So if you start with that particular pairing, you know, and there are two ways you can go about it. You can uh, reach on Eckler or Bijan and take, uh, take them early in the first round. And know that you're going to take one of the top quarterbacks at the 2-3 turn. The other way is you take Eckler or Bijan um, you know, around where they're usually going in that 7-10 to 10 range. Well, then you're going to reach in the second round for the quarterback. So it involves a reach. Um, d- definitely involves a reach. But it's not as big of a reach as uh, what I talked about with the DraftKings uh, unique pairings. Um, for the tournament style. Again, the idea here is that it's a two-leg parlay where you're betting that you have locked up the quarterback one. You're going to have that top-end production. We talked about last year how the winner of the uh, drafters tournament they specifically had Jalen Hurts and Zach Wilson as their quarterbacks, and Zach Wilson contributed like 10 points throughout the whole season. The The winner actually took a zero in week 17 uh, from the quarterback position because Hurts was injured, Wilson was not starting. That, I don't think, with the larger field, I don't think that that's something that's going to be able to be duplicated, but uh, the point is that that having that top overall score at quarterback, very valuable. And if you can do that while also being one of the few people who was able to do that and have the RB1 in Eckler or Bijan, you know, that would give you a huge leg up on the field. You've essentially knocked out, again, we talked last week about knocking out, uh, you know, percentage of your positions. And I mean super relevant for you to potentially not have to worry at all um, or have two of those positions knocked out right away Uh, to have that advantage. We'll say um, where nobody who has the RB one or very few teams who have the RB one also have uh, the quarterback one who potentially separated themselves. So, that unique early round combination, um, super interesting to think about. Uh, you know, adding to that, you could 
make it a three leg parlay um, and take if you took Eckler Bijan early, uh, take one of those quarterbacks and take Mark Andrews at the two three turn. Uh, so you, you know you're essentially you're betting again on you're going to have the overall RB one, uh, the top quarterback, and you're betting on Andrews to finish as the top tight end. And that's going to be very rare. Now, obviously, there's Travis Kelsey is the most likely tight end to finish at the top. Um, these quarterbacks all are very good. So, um, you know, they're equally good bets. And, and you've got other quarterbacks who could surprise as the as the quarterback one. Lamar, Fields, Burrow, Herbert, you know, all of the, them have that squarely in the range of outcomes. But, uh, you know, the potential payoff. and when we're building our teams, these teams on drafters are even more relevant to me with the, you know, if you've heard the saying draft as if you're right, um, you know, you're essentially going the rest of the draft, assuming you have two or three, depending if you take Andrews, um, you know, positions optimal. Uh, you have the quarterback position, you have the optimal quarterback. You know, you only need to take one very late, as uh, you know, a bye week fill in, and because you're assuming that that quarterback is the quarterback one, uh, you're assuming you're right. And Eckler or Bijan had a full season and they dominated and were the RB one, um, you know. And if you take Andrews, then it's a three leg parlay. It's not necessarily the most likely outcome, but the potential payoff and how you can how you build your team from there uh, is so clear. You know that you only need the one late quarterback, the one late tight end uh, to add those few points. Um, And you essentially know you have one running back position locked in um, because that's been your bet. So now you're looking at it, not that you have two running back positions you need to account for. You have one running back position uh, and the three receivers and the flex that you need to figure out. So that can affect how you uh, approach those other positions going forward. Obviously, um, no wide receivers through three rounds is not necessarily the the way that most people would want to build. But when you think about it um, from a roster construction standpoint, if you started out that way, you essentially can just pick wide receivers your next six or seven picks, um, you know, and build through depth there. Uh, and then, you know, pick four or five running backs looking to fill that one RB spot. Um, from there. So just, you know, that those early unique early round combinations when we're talking about the size of field that this is going to be um kind of expecting it to finish around 80,000 uh entries. Um again 110,000 is how or 111,000 is how many it can take. Um but it it's looking very unlikely that that, that actually happens. Um so with that in mind, Again, just a reminder on that kind of overlay, um, you know, out of 80,000 teams, though, to finish near the top, having hitting that parlay would be extremely valuable. That's the type of thing um, that would potentially separate you because there's going to be a lot of teams clogged up at the top uh, when we get to the, the end of the season. Going further on this unique early round combinations, uh, kind of thought process 
everyone I talked about Travis Kelsey mentioned Mahomes a bit. You know, Kelsey with Mahomes is going to be fairly popular. Um, that's kind of that's basically I think why uh, Kelsey's ADP or sorry Mahomes ADP is the um, earliest of the three top quarterbacks. I think all those quarterbacks are pretty close, uh, but it is uh, Travis Kelsey's early draft position. People are reaching a bit more for Mahomes because um, it's closer. So I think that as I think through this, as I was thinking about these unique early round combinations thought process, Kelsey I believe Travis Kelsey is actually optimal on drafters with Jalen Hurts, not with Mahomes. The reason is that the rate at which those two will be paired together is so disproportionate to the likelihood of each of them being the top at their position. I mean, when you think about it, it makes sense. I mean, Jalen Hurts, he had a monster season last year. Uh, He was on the team uh, that won this tournament. He was very highly owned near the top. Um, of the leaderboard from last year's uh, drafters contest. <clears throat> and obviously his game, we've talked about, there's no uh, passing yardage bonuses. The tush-push play that Philly does, he, you know, there's a good chance Hurts has a ton of touchdowns again. Rushing touchdowns are huge for quarterbacks uh, in this format. So Hurts being the quarterback one, very likely. Kelsey being the tight end one, I mean, there, he's going a round and a half before any other tight end. Clearly, they are the odds-on favorites to be the top player at their position, in my opinion. You know, Hurts, at worst, is a coin flip with Mahomes. So when you think about it that way, and then you think about how rare it kind of is that those two are being paired together. Because if somebody, it's just the natural tendency because of people wanting to stack in best ball, because of the talk, all the talk about correlation and stacking specifically trying to have that huge spike week in the playoffs uh, on DraftKings and Underdog, just by nature, those two are extremely disproportionately owned together. And Hertz very rarely is going to drop in the third round uh, to where the team that drafts Kelsey in the first would be able to get him. Um, And Hertz just isn't drafted. Somebody's not going to reach in the second round for Hertz when they already have Kelsey. Uh, So my hypothesis is that uh, that is actually optimal and that Kelsey with Hertz um, is far more optimal because it's going to be a fraction of the ownership of those two together as opposed to Kelsey with Mahomes. So, you know, I, I think that's just a super interesting way to approach it. I think those unique early round combinations the deeper I dig into drafters and think about how that works, um, you know, we're not going to want to reach around, you know, around and a half or two rounds on a player. Uh, the way that I, I suggested on DraftKings uh, or Underdog to try to um, create that unique pairing. Um, but there are ways, like the ones that I just outlined, um, just thinking logically through uh, the behavior that we're seeing in the field and how these drafts are consistently playing out, we can learn from that and we can leverage that to our advantage. 
Um, and it's not even about whether you think Eckler or Bijan is going to be the RB1. Um, because however you feel about either of them, the odds of them being the RB1 um, and getting them paired with that quarterback one, you know, so disproportionately outweighs uh, the level at which they'll be owned together. So, um, you know, and, and the same with the Kelsey Hertz pairing, uh, just super, super leverage, like just ridiculously leveraged on the field uh, based on how these players are being rostered together or not rostered together in, in these situations. So in the spirit of uniqueness, and once again, we're looking at likely 80 to, 80 to 90,000 entries that we're competing against, and we're trying to get to the top. I, the next topic I'm going to talk about is called, I refer to as unique positional combinations. So what I mean by that is we've talked about positional silos, thinking about each position as kind of a silo where specific production is coming from. Your total score at the end of the season, your cumulative score, is a product or a sum of all of those positional silos added together. So specifically at QB, these your positional combinations, I think, are extremely relevant. And thinking about how efficient is the production for the two players together, assuming you draft two quarterbacks. So, for example, imagine that there's four quarterbacks and all four quarterbacks score 40 points over a two-week span. So, imagine you have two of those quarterbacks and I have two of those quarterbacks. Now, if both of your quarterbacks, they each scored 40 points over two weeks. So, let's say both of your quarterbacks scored 20 points both weeks. Okay, so 20 and 20, 20 and 20. Now, say my quarterbacks have one player score 30 points in the first week and 10 in the second week, while the other player scored 10 in the first week and 30 in the second week. Your two, two quarterbacks in this best ball situation for in, within that quarterback positional silo have scored 40 points. My two quarterbacks have scored 60 points. So I've outscored you by 20 points over two weeks, despite the quarterback's performance equaling each other. You know, and that's the interesting thing about this format is people talk about these players and they talk about um, how they'll perform relative to ADP, what their overall production will be. But that is not what best ball is. That is not what matters. Now, that's an extreme and specific example. Obviously, very unlikely and you can't control like, you know, I mean, it's possible that uh, my quarterbacks both had the 30 point week the same week and the 10 point week the same week. And so it just ends up, you know, we both have 40 points. Um, and obviously those spreads um, are kind of arbitrary and kind of large. Um, but the example is just to uh, show you how much variance is involved in how much you get out of your players, how much they are actually adding to your uh, bottom line. Talked about this in our training session uh, on advancement rate for DraftKings a few weeks ago. Um, I referenced 
how many points different quarterbacks added uh, to other quarterbacks. So I believe it was like um, Jalen Hurts, you know, if you had Joe Burrow with him, how many points he added to him. A specific example I had was obviously with Hurts or Mahomes having monster seasons. Um, Then looking at the fact that Daniel Jones had the same number of 30-point weeks as Joe Burrow. So if for your quarterback too, Daniel Jones was basically as um, as val- even though Joe Burrow significantly outscored Jones on the season, uh, Burrow was not that much was not more valuable than Jones on rosters with Hertz and Mahomes. If that makes sense, um, you can go back and listen to those uh, if you'd like. Uh, that's on the advancement rate training session. But there's a lot of variance there. Um, It's also very relevant, this concept at tight end. Uh, It's not quite to the same extreme because of the flex position. So you don't necessarily waste the production. Um, You know, if you you can start two tight ends, Uh, they can they can be pushed into the flex uh, if they both have good weeks, very good weeks on the same week. Um. But really, the, the key concept of all of this is, to me, player exposures are almost completely irrelevant, especially at those two positions. And more important to me is the group exposures or the, um, the combination, the positional combinations, your exposure to different p- positional combinations. So what I mean by that is you can say, okay, I have 10%, uh, we'll use... We were talking about Joe Burrow. Say we have 10% Joe Burrow. Okay, but everyone's 10% Joe Burrow doesn't look exactly the same. Do, if you have, let's say you did 100 drafts and you have 10% Joe Burrow, that means you have 10 rosters. Well, do six of them have the same quarterback? Do do six of them have Jordan Love as the quarterback too? Uh, Do you have different... uh, different quarterbacks, you know, 10 different guys that are matched up with them. I think those are interesting things. Drafters, their interface is actually uh, pretty conducive to where you could look this up. If you go uh, on the mobile app and you just click uh, the top left, the three bars, and go to player exposures, when that comes up, you can, or sorry, you're going to go to my team's, and when you go to uh, my teams, go to the live tab. So that's all your completed drafts. And you can search by player. And let's say you want to do Joe Burrow, like I said. So if you search for Joe Burrow, it will only show the teams that have Joe Burrow. Now, going a step further, you can click on a button that says show players. And when you do that, the drop-down list, it will list the roster of all of your players on that roster. So, for instance, for me, I'm going through this right now. I have 12 rosters so far with Joe Burrow. First roster, the second QB is Geno Smith. Second roster, Purdy. Um, Sorry, it's giving me some wrong info. I have eight rosters with Burrow. 
Okay, first what roster, Geno Smith, one with Purdy, one that has Garoppolo and Ritter, one with Wilson, one with Mac Jones, one with Tannehill and Love, one with Justin Fields, one with Deshaun Watson. So I have six I have eight different rosters with Burrow, but I have uh different combinations. So like I'm looking at that and I'm thinking of it from a standpoint of who are some other quarterbacks that maybe I want to get exposure to. Are there any of those teams that that positional uh pairing I don't have any of? You know, I think that's super interesting. Think about the quarterbacks that you're very high on in specific parts of the draft. Um, specifically, like for me, I think about, I think guys like Geno Smith and Kirk Cousins, more of the pocket passers uh, on very good offenses. They've got some good stacking partners if you want to. Um, but otherwise, it's just, you know, they're not the top end guys, but they're likely to, they're going to be pretty consistent. And I think about them. And somebody like Anthony Richardson or someone like maybe a Jordan Love or a Kyler Murray, Um, you know, Murray coming back from injury, Jordan Love uh, first season as a starter, Um, maybe Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, the rookie quarterbacks. We don't know what to expect early on. Anthony Richardson, high upside. You know, he's probably going to have some spike weeks. He's starting from the beginning. He has rushing upside. But he's also, you know, he's pretty raw. He's going to have some down weeks. So I think about how efficient those players likely are together. So now, you know, if I search Geno Smith and I have 10 entries in the drafters million um, with Geno Smith, well, I have one with Burrow, one with Murray Stroud. uh, I have one with Stafford, one with Jordan Love. Uh, one with Mayfield, one with Tua and Stroud, one with Fields, uh, one with Young and Fields, uh, one with Trevor Lawrence, and then one with Anthony Richardson. So, like, I know I really love that pairing. I love Geno with Richardson. I've only got exposure to one of those pairings. I mean, I think that that's a pairing that potentially could kind of ham and egg it. Um, and, and, you know, the consistency of one paired with the ceiling of the other uh, could really give me, you know, a positional combo that that's near the top um, options on the season. So just something to think about. It's, it's extreme, most important in my opinion on teams without an elite player at the position Um, there, because like it, we don't know who it's going to be, but there's likely to be a group of two or three quarterbacks whose spike weeks line up kind of just perfectly, where they just complement each other perfectly. We don't know who those guys are going to be, but it's very likely to happen. We won't know till the end, and there's no real way of predicting it. But I do think that having some awareness of this positional silo concept and thinking of it from a positional combination uh, exposure you know, that mindset as opposed to just, oh, I have X percent of this specific player, Um, you know, and from that same mindset, if most of your exposure to a certain player in the middle to late rounds is with a, is with, um, 
someone at the same position from the earlier rounds, if you're right on both picks, one of those picks was essentially wasted. Um, So just being able to mix up those combinations and being aware of the combinations, you know, especially at the quarterback position, um, also somewhat at the tight end position so that you're not wasting those picks. Um, You know, going back to the drafting as if you're right sort of idea, you also want to be rewarded when you're right. You don't want to like cock block yourself uh, from points. You don't want to keep yourself from realizing um, or being rewarded for uh, multiple of your picks uh, being very good picks. So just being aware of how you're uh, putting those players together on rosters, the rate at which they're, they're together. And that's something for me going down this home stretch the last two weeks of drafting coming up, that's something I'm very cognizant of. I'm actually working on making just like a spreadsheet, especially at the quarterback and tight end position, uh, what groupings I have um, and how how often I have them. And there's going to be specific ones I'm going to purposely, uh, you know, try to have several iterations of. You know, I think about the Cowboys and 49ers. Um, both offenses I'm kind of high on, like Dak Prescott with Brock Purdy. Um, you know, I, I'm going to want to have a few of those combinations. Uh, Geno Smith with Richardson, Kirk Cousins with Richardson. Just consciously trying to um, put those groups together, um, you know, and from the other standpoint, if you do have a top-end quarterback, I think the approach for those types of guys, the Hurts, Mahomes, Josh Allen, is you want is to mix up who, who their uh, backup is. You know, don't always have the same one. Um, and I've talked about, again, those middle-round ones, you can kind of block yourself out of a lot of their production. Um, but mixing up who, you know, If you have a dozen Jalen Hurts uh, lineups mixing up, you have one or two Bryce Young, you have one or two Desmond Ritter, you have one or two Sam Howell, uh, Jordan Love, Brock Purdy. You know, you're mixing it up with those guys that are going, you know, in the 12th round or later. Um, Because one of them, we don't know who, but it's likely that there's one of them that's going to be kind of optimal. And they'll add 50, 50, 60 points. Um, just by their spike week uh, coming on Mahomes' uh, down week and maybe having a good week on his bye. So, uh, you know, that concept, again, uniqueness. We're looking to separate at the top. We're looking to find ways that our roster will differentiate itself um, at the top and how we're going to uh, accumulate within those positional silos uh, the necessary points you know, to have a chance through 17 weeks uh, to be the last man standing. So the last concept we're going to talk about this week uh, specifically is stacking teammates and why I think you don't need the quarterback uh, when you're stacking on drafters. We've talked about, um, I talked about previously, stacking offenses, um, loading up on it, examples I had where the Packers um, Panthers is a couple of cheaper offenses you could load up on um, and kind of have that rising tide lifts all boats uh, sort of idea. Um, 
you know, also uh, the upside teams, the Vikings, the Cowboys, uh, maybe the Jets. And then obviously you've got your premium teams. Something interesting, I, I've seen a lot of people complaining, whether it's on Twitter, on Discord, getting really upset when their quarterback gets quote unquote sniped, like it messed up their draft plan. But I don't think you need the quarterback. Uh, I think that betting on some of these teams, it's a bet on the team and the idea of stacking, sure, on a weekly basis, it can help you. But the reason why you want, so you know, especially on DraftKings or Underdog, you know, stacking the quarterback, it makes sense. Um, all of us who play DFS, we know, like, you see all the time these double stacks, these single and double stacks with the quarterback. Um, winning tournaments, but drafters is cumulative scoring. These this positional silo concept, you know, is still, in my opinion, the top dog in what's going to decide it. So, especially for like these premium teams, when you look at the Bengals, if you get Jamar Chase in the first round, and then you get T Higgins in the second or third round, um. You know, building off our previous thing, the uniqueness aspect, the field's tendency to want to finish that stack, plus Burrow's ADP dropping means there's going to be a ton of teams who have Burrow with them. So similar to that Travis Kelsey, Jalen Hurts discussion, in my opinion, it'd be far more EV. So again, greater chance to win the contest to take someone like Fields or Herbert at that 4-5 turn instead of Burrow. Or wait on quarterback and bet on whether it's Anthony Richardson, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, whoever you want, being able to match or come close to Burrow's season-long production. And again, it's cumulative scoring. It's a positional silo. So you don't get like bonus points for your quarterback scoring their points on the same week that your receivers have good weeks. Um, it's just your cumulative. So Given the nature of the scoring with no bonuses, stacking the quarterback isn't something you need to feel forced to do, in my opinion. You know, it's the idea is less things you have to get right, but you don't get rewarded for that one week having a huge spike. It all comes out in the wash. So, like Chase and Higgins, or if you want to say, um, I don't know, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, um, you know, even Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk, you know, those two, you, if you get Ridley and Kirk, you don't need Lawrence. Like those two could pay off and have, they could provide a nice floor. They could kind of alternate uh, their high end weeks, um, high likelihood each week. You're going to get at least a touchdown between the two of them. Um, but like <laughs> you're probably optimal like if you have those two and then you're able to get uh you know Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts um in that in that second or third round wherever it is um with Kirk and Ridley you know that there's a good chance that that's far more optimal than oh I have to stack this quarterback it just doesn't it doesn't play out that way um you know having that quarterback one that positional silo um Either having that through uh, a high-end player who gets it, having it through instead of taking Burrow in the fifth with Chase and Higgins in the fourth or fifth taking Burrow, um, 
being it, you could very easily uh, have a quarterback in the seventh to tenth round that matches or come has a spike year, we'll say, and matches Burrow's production. So it's it's one of those things where I think you don't need the QB, and I would even somewhat argue that in this specific contest, again, trying to separate yourself at the position or at, at the top of the, the leaderboard um, and give yourself the most likely chance of being paid off if you're right. You know, I think some of these premium teams, especially, um, you're actually better off not stacking the quarterback. You're better off. You have a, a better chance of separating yourself um, with that sort of approach. So just something to think about. I'm sure there's some who will uh, vehemently disagree. Um, you know, stacking, you know, everybody, the quarterback is usually kind of the focal point that starts a stack or that people are thinking about stacks around. Um, but again, my my mindset is around those positional silos. How am I... Uh, differentiating myself um, and giving myself a chance to have that top output uh, from specific positions and then ultimately to win. It's how do you put those things together? Super relevant as well for this because when you think about like the Bengals, the Bengals example, Chase and Higgins, those two are drafted so high for a reason. Like they Obviously, if they have very good years that pay off their draft capital, Joe Burrow is having a a very good year himself. But also, those two, Jamar Chase could be the overall wide receiver one. T. Higgins could also be a top 12, 15 receiver and make it worth that pick uh, in the early third round, late second, early third round. Both those things could happen, but they could hog so much of the production that Burrow just has like a solid year. Um, and it's it's very easy that that happens. And then someone like Justin Fields, um, you know, he has this monster season, um, you know, or Anthony Richardson has 10 rushing touchdowns and he's able to come close to Burrow's production. Um, and you're able to do that in a unique way and potentially saving on draft capital, um, which raises your upside. So, I just wanted to touch on that because that's kind of been a hot topic and something I've seen a bunch uh, on Discord and Twitter, people kind of getting hot about why would that guy reach uh, to take this quarterback? Um, You know, and I don't know the specific examples and I don't want (laughs) to defend everyone for everything, but I would say it might be optimal for that person actually, um, especially if there's value or if they are... uh, you know, looking for ways to to maximize their positional silo. And it might actually be helping you uh, because it's making your your grouping more unique uh, when they cut that stack off from you, kind of saving you from yourself. So uh, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, Again, you know, we've talked about stacking teammates um, and why you don't need the quarterback. Uh, We talked about unique positional combinations uh, and we talked about Uh, unique early round combinations. Again, drafters is where you should be playing. Um, It is the best uh, 
place to invest your money, uh, the greatest chance of return on your investment, uh, the easiest uh, the easiest way that you are likely to see your entries be rewarded and the easiest way that you can differentiate yourself. And once again, all the content is going out. So much of the content is going out fo- focused on DraftKings and Underdog. So this is just a spot where there is so much edge to be gained because we are talking about and thinking about these concepts and everyone else is just kind of going through best ball drafts the same way they do uh, for DraftKings and underdogs. So um, we can kind of be ahead of the market. And this is a unique opportunity to separate ourselves and give ourselves, you know, maybe this is probably the best chance you're going to have uh, to actually take down a best ball tournament. Um, so certainly recommend you do it. Uh, again, those promo codes OWS if you are a first time depositor. Uh, OWS Reload if you have previously deposited on there. But um, best bang for your buck by far. Best of luck. Uh, remember, I've got three or four of these now drafter-specific strategy training sessions. So go back and check them out if you'd like. We will see you in the draft rooms, and we will talk next week, two weeks till kickoff.